Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell, Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm calling this episode Protecting Your Empath Heart from Too Much Information Out There. At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a very big world. We have to be open-minded. We have to be sensible. And we have to know what our priorities are for ourselves. Sometimes we identify regressive and oppressive systems not to be hateful or scornful or spiteful, but to simply educate people in how if we don't watch our P's and Q's, we will end up losing the rights that we take for granted. At the end of the day, as an empath, as a sensitive, anybody dealing with mental health struggles, any younger person fighting for their right to exist, knows that there's just so much stuff out there and how do we process that there's a never-ending barrage of influencers and social media hysteria that oftentimes we lose the greater sense of ourselves and the greater sense of priority in our own life and success and happiness so if you're an empath or if you're just simply sensitive or kind or gentle or decent oftentimes We see this world and its ugliness and we just, we tune off, we turn off and we don't fight for our own right to exist. We don't fight for what's right in our own mental health. So protecting your empath heart, that's what this is all about today. Thank you guys for joining me. If you want to get in on the conversation, please come on over to our Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. We're at Surviving Empathy Podcast or Chef Pride Comedy. If you like the work we're doing, come on over. Give us a buck or two per month. Hey, we're doing, we're working our ass off here, you guys. And all we ask is for a little bit of help until we get sponsors. That's all it's about. But this is just a free-form conversation about what's going on in the society today and my thoughts on it. Let's begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. Today's episode is going to be just a little bit different in the sense that I just want to kind of talk from the heart. I just want to speak candidly and fluidly about some of the things lately that are on my mind. You know, there's an old saying that says, uh, die the hero or live long enough to be the enemy. And uh, I find that to be an interesting choice of words because, you know, I, I get to thinking about Bill Murray. Now everybody's going after Bill Murray for all the inappropriate things he said. And I honestly don't know whether or not he made uh, some inappropriate comments or if he has done some action that deserves or warrants a great ridicule. But what I will say, though, is that it feels like we're always, as a culture, retroactively retconning uh, the past as, and what I mean by that is to say that things that used to be okay once upon a time are now considered no longer okay. We've lost in a, in essence, um, our sense of humor as a culture, we've lost our ability to goof and joke around. And, uh, and I get it. There's a line of what's appropriate and what's not. But as a freedom of speech person who just feels like our culture is is getting a stick up its butt in a lot of ways, 
I find the culture we're in very unusual these days. On the one hand, you go on social media and, you know, I go and I scan just to make friends with my followers and to, you know, just interact and be joyful and uh, try to make friends with people. You really have to do that in order to market yourself uh, just so that people know that you you care and and they know that you're a good person you you have to interact with people in this world whether or not the world's going a little nuts or not but if you go on social media enough you'll begin to see the hordes of people all clamoring for attention now i am all for people having social media. I am all for people making funny videos. I am all for people, uh, you know, expressing themselves, of course. But I just feel like every pretty face, every youthful body is just looking, looking, looking for uh, accolades, looking for attention. And in some ways it feels like There's a tremendous amount of insecurity in our cultural zeitgeist. It feels like everybody's looking for validation from strangers. And while I think that's normal to a certain extent, I mean, sure, we all want to be accepted. I want to be accepted, of course. But I can't help just thinking that this whole thing with Bill Murray is overblown. Um... I don't think he's a sexual deviant. I don't think he's an abuser. Uh, I think he's a comedian. I think he probably, back in the day, probably played a little bit of grab ass, if you know my meaning. Um, But to suggest he's a criminal or he's a, I don't know, a bad person now, I, I just don't think so. I think he gets temperamental. I think he gets a little full of himself. I think sometimes he gets a little cranky. But I just don't see how it's healthy now to just keep going after people who've had a long, long track record of public life. I mean, if they did something horrible, and yeah, I guess it should be exposed. You know, uh, I've kind of sort of been following the thing with Kevin Spacey. He was up on the stand uh, pouring his heart out, crying and such. And um, I just don't know about whether or not He's guilty or not. And I don't know the circumstances. I I feel like we have this tendency in our culture to judge. And, you know, we play the judge, jury, and executioner before we have all the facts in. And I'm not trying to take, give cover for people who uh, may or may not be engaging in some criminal behavior. But but I do think that it's become heavy-handed in the sense that We're all ready to cancel people before we even know what's going on. And so it would be my hope that people are intelligent enough and mature enough in our society to uh, come to their own conclusions based on facts, based on evidence, based on, um, you know, reading between the lines. Look at body language. You know, there's a bunch of body language experts out there now on YouTube who kind of help you figure out uh, what's really going on underneath the surface of people and what they say. And I find that cool because as an empath, I sort of just always have had a built-in 
bullshit a meter, you know, if you will. <laughs> you just get a sense of who's playing it straight and who isn't. But I say all that to set up the fact that I just feel that our cultural zeitgeist is becoming overblown. You know, I'm out here on the air, airwaves twice, sometimes three times a week. I'm getting ready to start a YouTube channel. So check that out. It's uh, Chef Bright Comedy. We're going to be putting out paranormal television reviews, movie reviews, and certain things like that. We don't expect to compete with the big boys, but, uh, you know, it's just for fun. It's just for fun. Anymore, when you're a public figure, you just have to go for broke, really. You have to really get out there and get motivated and uh, put your hat in every arena so that people see that you're out there. You know, the more content you put out there, the more uh, you get what's called cross-traffic. People from YouTube might check out the podcast. People from the podcast might check out the YouTube. But, uh, you know, and and so I, I, I am grateful for the technological advances that have gotten us to this point where we're at a point where we can speak to each other. And anybody with the uh, uh, desire to to succeed or the desire to put themselves out there can now do so because our technologies allows anybody with a creative streak to go out and do it. And I think that's fantastic. But I do wonder whether or not the greater cultural uh, impact on our mental health and on our spiritual health and our maturity levels, really, uh, I just feel like there's so much weird stuff out there that it's everything's becoming overblown and we're all sort of becoming judge, jury, and executioner of one another. We're all in a great big hurry to come to our conclusions about whether a person is a good person or a bad person. And a person does one little thing wrong. You know, I, I can't speak to, to Bill Murray. I can't speak to uh, Kevin Spacey. You know, maybe they deserve the some of the ridicule. But I do feel like we've all sort of become immature judgers in this cultural phenomenon the, the 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 phenomenon of so much out there there's too much information out there too much of everything and as a result is it actually harming us i often wonder because when i look at the mean maturity that's the average maturity of young people nowadays i often wonder whether or not we're giving them the tools to succeed if that if we're giving them the, uh, you know, because we give them great freedom to be themselves, but we also tend to feel like we're also uh, becoming a society that's homogenized, where we're all becoming the same, frankly. And at the end of the day, we should be celebrating our differences, celebrating our imperfections, and not glorifying large institutions that have a lot of followers, that have a lot of pull, um, those institutions may or may not be entirely on the ethical up and up. And so I just feel like they there's so many people out there. You know, it's one thing to, you know, like I follow this one uh, Instagram called Fuckboy Problems. Now, you know, Clearly, it's a it's a satirical site, and they they do a lot of men's humor and dad jokes and stuff. 
And I don't mind that kind of stuff because it's purely coming from a place of humor. But I see so many um, people nowadays that seem to be sort of becoming the cancel culture mob. They're becoming the uh, uptight majority. And uh, I often wonder whether or not Bill Murray is just getting a bad rap because, you know, we can scrutinize 40 years of his career and it just, it seems like we're just doing it because he's an easy target. But then again, I really don't have the desire to get into it more. Perhaps I'm missing something. I don't mean to, it's not out of a lack of desire to do my research that I defend him. It's that I understand where our culture is going in terms of turning on people. We just have this ability to turn on folks nowadays. We're just, eh, you know, if, 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 if somebody with a lot of power and pull says William Shatner is a piece of shit, then before long, uh, you've got memes out there of how William Shatner is this horrible guy. And maybe, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe he's entitled to his own thoughts and opinions, you know, (laughs) you know, I know that, um, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford has been a cranky curmudgeonly man for a long time for well over 20 years now. He's famous for being just a crank that doesn't want to play nice with the media and gets, you know, a little bit, uh, offended at the stupidity of our culture. You know, and I, for one, sort of understand it. I understand it because when you're out there in the public eye, you know, you want people to treat you with a sense of respect and courtesy, but you also want people to ask you questions that make sense. And when people say dumb shit, you're just like, oh, God, what's going on? It's like everybody was raised on idiot Disney and uh, there's no greater depth there. You know, it's like when you look at the... The, the, the youth culture, all the media out there, um, it's like they're all pandering and placating to the bubblegum crowd, you know? And while I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being G-rated or anything wrong with being a little bit um, fresh-faced, cutesy, if you will, um, what it does, though, is um, it, 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 it ruins greater rational thought. You know, it feels like to me, anybody with uh, uh, any youth or any looks uh, now is just like, uh, hey, look at this fresh face. Don't I have a fresh face? Don't I have great tits? Hey, don't I look great in underwear? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's like, oh, for crying out loud. You know, I'm a guy. I'm a red-blooded American. Sure, I can look at a beautiful uh, young woman and say, wow, that's that's really nice. But, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't answer the bigger question is why are all these women doing it i don't understand their end game but but similarly we have to become the lovers the carers and the healers in this culture and so i'm like all right fine to each their own you know i don't necessarily like younger people's music i don't necessarily share younger people's sensibilities and yet i'm still very much a leftist in the sense that I believe in progress. I believe in uh, doing the right thing. Uh, Maybe I'm just getting sick and tired of the political correctness in our culture, though. 
this idea that we uh, aren't allowed to be ourselves, that we have to sort of polish everything and, and ch- chop off all the sharp edges and we have to make everything, you know, clean and pristine for the younger generations coming up. I don't know. You know, back when I was a kid, there was cigarette machines everywhere, including restaurants. The We lived in an adult world. The, the world was made for adults and we had to adapt to it not the other way around. And I don't know whether or not that's a good thing or not, but I do know that the mean maturity of adults 40 years ago versus now has changed. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, I want things, you know, I've told you guys, you know, there's a famous Soundgarden quote that says, clean it up with a dirty feel. And that's what I believe in. I believe in cleaning things up, but maintaining that dirty feel because everybody wants to pass as cats. Everybody wants to be cool. But at the end of the day, I mean, it just feels so goofy how much we have to watch ourselves um, because eventually the woke mob might come after us, you know? And I'm super liberal. (laughs) So it's weird for me to say that, you know, because on the one hand, I do believe that we need to update our software when it comes to equality whether that be racial equality or whether that be uh, feminism or or whether that be uh, not being xenophobic of others, that those scary others out there. We have to learn other cultures and learn that, you know, different strokes for different folks. So I am all about, you know, being open-minded and letting others be different. We really have to do that. And so while I do wonder whether or not as a culture we're getting better or not, or are we getting worse, I do worry about those greater implications. But at the same time, there's a part of me that just thinks, Mel, maybe you're just getting old, Brian. Maybe you just don't get it. <laughs> maybe you're not, maybe I'm not supposed to get it, you know, you know, because I'm not so old that I'm old fashioned. I am not a fuddy duddy and I am not a prude by any stretch. I mean, you know, sexy ladies, yay, go for it, you know. But I just wonder on the whole whether or not we are creating a better culture. I don't see our music getting better. I don't see our people becoming more joyful. I don't see a culture that is, you know, learning to um, be emotionally intelligent. I've talked on the show before about emotional intelligence, We as a culture are not becoming a more emotionally intelligent bunch. We are become, we are regressing in many ways. And uh, I often wonder if that is because of some of our influences out there on social media, various YouTubers, various uh, social media outlets like TikTok and Snapchat. On the whole, these things are made for the younger crowd. And I know that. And so I don't want to poo poo on something just because it's not for me, but I do wonder sometimes if the darker aspects to social media aren't sort of creating a a society of people that can't take mature responsibility for themselves and don't take uh, adult agency over their, their lives and over their outcomes of their careers and their lives. I see the world sort of getting overrun by corporations and I see the kids all going to college like we always used to. But then you look at the cost of living 
It's outrageous. I don't know how anybody could afford it anymore unless you were already born into some level of wealth or comfort. And so the part of me that wants kids, the young generations, the 30 and under crowd, I want these kids to uh, uh, be able to express themselves freely, of course. I also want to give them the freedom to choose for themselves what's right for them as well. I want them, if they're into Snapchat, fine, so be it. There's nothing wrong with these institutions in and of itself. But I remember when I was a kid, you know, when I was young growing up, we only had MTV. You know, we didn't have 400 uh, bands all vying for attention. We didn't have... 6,000 YouTubers and TikTokers all vying for our time. And so I just don't understand how you can get any important work done when you're constantly looking at, you have to watch the latest movies, you have to watch the latest TV shows, you have to, you know, belong to the various YouTube channels, you have to belong to the various Snapchat and uh, TikTok uh, influencers. At the end of the day, who's got time for anything when there's a million people out there all vying for your attention? And so I can't keep up anymore. I don't have the latest, greatest understanding of who the up-and-coming artists are, who the up-and-coming actors and actresses are. Um, You have to be around and established for a little while before my old ass understands who you are and why you're considered a talent. (laughs) And that doesn't mean that I'm out of touch, though. It's just, it's a matter of taste, you know. I want people under 30 to have the freedoms to enjoy themselves. But at the same time, I just remember, you know, living a very different life. And it, it gave me a preparedness that I'm not sure is preparing our younger generations anymore. That's all. You know, there's an old saying that says, when you give certain people too much freedom you give them too much rope you give them enough rope to hang themselves and all that means is that when you give certain people too much freedom they don't know how to discipline themselves in order to create a life that is beneficial for themselves in the future if you take somebody who isn't disciplined They could uh, succumb to drug and alcohol issues. They could succumb to their all of their desires to fuck around. We all want to have fun. We all want to pass as cats. We all want to be cool. But at the end of the day, if we don't buckle down and eat our broccoli sometimes, all that we're left with is the cotton candy. We can't live solely a life of cotton candy without the discipline and know-how of doing something actual in this world. And so I often wonder whether or not all these influences are just creating a noise out there, just too much info, too much stuff to consume. And when we consume that much media, we sort of become indifferent to creating our own outcomes, you know? When we're always wanting to hang out with our friends, when we're always uh, wanting to watch YouTube instead of doing our homework, when we're we get off work and we're not, we're too poofed. We're too tired to uh, put in on uh, our other uh, uh, loves and passions. I think we're creating a society that is, um, we're rewarding 
all of the uh, Justin Bieber's, we're rewarding all the millionaire TikTokers, we're rewarding all the influencers out there, but are we becoming a more um, righteous and good society? Are we becoming, are we actually perpetuating the bad outcomes of injustice and inequality? You know, because a lot of us, I mean, we all grew up with celebrities in our lives. We all grew up seeing uh, the machinations of the haves versus the have-nots. But now, more than ever, you see how regular people can be thrust into success before they're even grown enough, before they're even mature enough to know how to handle themselves. And I like a lot of these people. I like the Millie Bobby Browns of the world. I like... Uh, some of these uh, YouTubers like uh, Bailey Sarian. She's got millions of followers now. She's a makeup and murder mystery uh, guru. She's she's huge now. Now she's on Netflix. And while I uh, do not poo-poo their success, I often wonder whether or not it's good for their own mental health. In other words, I feel like we're creating a monster of too much noise in our society to the point where um, it's just a never-ending assault on our senses, you know. So yes, while on the one hand I am concerned a little bit about the youth, not because, uh, you know, I think they're all going to, you know, the youth gone wild, they're all going to succumb to drug addiction. and uh, <laughs> but, but, but what it boils down to more is that I'm, I'm curious whether or not we as a society are going to maintain uh, our ethics and values and our uh, understanding of what's important in this world. Uh, seems like more and more people are dropping out of politics and more people are dropping into things that have no consequences like movies. I mean, I love movies, don't get me wrong, but a movie um, can feel good for your soul, but it's not going to pay your rent. And it's not certainly not going to um, uh, tell you when it's time to turn off the TV, you know. So I think we all have to learn and have the inner discipline to know how to conduct our lives so that we continually learn and grow and better ourselves uh, physically in our physical fitness, uh, mentally in our uh, uh, intellectual enrichment and scholarly scholasticness, and, and spiritually in uh, uh, knowing right from wrong and uh, uh, learning how to uh, uh, find emotional gratification in a world where sometimes we feel invisible because there's so many people out there. One of the other concerns I have for this too much information society is uh, as, as a sensitive, as an empath, I just worry about how people who have too many choices, uh, it creates not only a sense of entitlement and a sense of spoiledness, really. And I don't, I don't know how to say that in a nice way. I, I wish I could because I don't think it makes people bad people necessarily, but it does create an entitledness and a spoiledness that um, sort of uh, people start shirking their responsibilities and they become a little bit ethically wayward. You see a lot of young YouTubers out there now, just, um, they're like, you know, they, they remind me of Jackass, the Jackass crowd, just loud, brash, obnoxious. And while we all tend to grow out of that, you know, I, I often wonder whether or not, you know, cause there's nothing wrong with 
older people like myself being youthful at heart. I, I'm still hip. I'm still cool. But um, at the end of the day, I've also become um, bombarded by too much stuff out there. I've, I've found that uh, simplicity is better when I just have to quiet my life and quiet my senses and just stay in a dark, quiet room to figure out who I am and what I want to do with my life and what my priorities are. When you're constantly go, go, going, you never have a chance to reflect. And we've talked about that a little bit where I've talked about uh, expression versus reflection. Expression is, is what we do when we're anytime we're talking, anytime we're emoting, anytime we're hanging out with friends, that's our extrovert, our inner, our inner extrovert. We're sharing. We're in, a, we're in extrovert mode where we're sharing, and that is expression. Whenever we're quiet and by ourselves, whenever we're uh, napping, whenever we're uh, sitting around by ourselves, whenever we're meditating, whenever we're reading or, or learning about something new, that is reflection. We are learning or taking in new information, and what that information does over time is what uh, uh, makes us who we are. But if we don't have the patience, for peace of mind, to quote Allison Chains, if we don't have the patience to learn and grow and be patient and to uh, enrich ourselves, oftentimes we never will. There's a great many people out there who cannot stand anything that doesn't suit their sensibilities. They're not open to new music, especially the younger crowd with the old stuff like Allison Chains. I remember I went to school one time and we were playing the radio at school. And an Allison Chain song came on. I was like, yay. And then the girl turned it off. She's like, ew. It's like, what? And then she turned on some bubblegum music. I'm like, oh, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't hate those people. But it, I just don't understand how you can't. How do you turn off Allison Chains for a bunch of bubblegum mall music? I don't see it. But we have to learn to introspect. We have to learn to uh, uh, find quiet solitude so that we uh, take in and absorb new information. Read a magazine. Read uh, a new article. Read a book. Uh, uh, when we're in quiet reflection, that is when the biggest change happens within ourselves. Oftentimes what happens when we're always out there go, go, going is that we uh, we become really adept at talking and uh, putting on a show, putting on an act. Uh, and I think a lot of people are afraid to slow down because they're afraid, really, of the dark thoughts that come when there is silence, frankly. And so there's a lot of people nowadays who just uh, cling to their friends and cling to movies and cling, cling, cling to constantly keeping themselves distracted because, you know, frankly, what it boils down to is we are living in strange times. There's a lot of weird, dark things in the world. You've got the war in the Ukraine. You've got the the weird political culture now that is becoming hateful and uh, intolerant and uh, indifferent to the needs and suffering of regular working class people. And so at the end of the day, it's easy, easy, easy to get bamboozled into attitudes because you think that's the way to live. That's the way to go. That's how I'm going to uh, uh, save my wounded heart. You've got the entirety of the right-wing echo chamber, the right-wing uh, attitudes out there of toughness, um, which there's nothing wrong with teaching a little bit of toughness, but we 
if we don't balance that with the right dose of kindness, with the right dose of uh, heart, uh, uh, you, you, you know, you become a brute, you become a monster. And if you conversely are all heart and no, as they say, uh, cock and balls, if, if you will, <laughs> if you're all heart and, and no cock and balls, uh, you become uh, ultra sensitive and ultra nuanced and ultra keen on things, which is good to build intelligence and to grow yourself into a spiritual being. But at the same time, uh, you may not develop that thick enough skin to work out there and to live out there in the real world. We have to grow an inner toughness that endures. I think there's entirely too many people nowadays trying to cut corners because uh, capitalism has made it so seems so uh, uh, unsavory to do anything the right way, going to college, working your ass off, getting a job at all. It's scary, man. And I get it. I get why people would rather be a YouTuber or a podcaster than do something real with it in this life, you know, because, you know, who wants to be a lawyer? Who wants to work with all this seriousness all the time? You know, uh, when I was young, uh, I took that test in high school that was supposed to tell you what your career should be. And it keeps telling me that I was going to be a police officer or a lawyer. And so for the longest time, I had this idea in my mind that if I went the intellectual route, I would be a lawyer. And if I went the more uh, 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 physical route, I would become a police officer. But uh, turns out I, I don't want to be either of those things because you're always, always, always dealing with a lot of drama and a lot of negativity. And I just... That's why I got out of being an EMT. I, I had to get out of seeing nothing but disaster and calamity every day. It was ruining me emotionally and energetically. But I say all this not to poo-poo our society. Um, to each their own, you guys. You know, uh, different strokes for different folks. You know, uh, I am only speaking as an older person who is concerned about passing the torch onto the younger generation so that we uh, have uh, competence in different uh, areas of life. You know, I learned how to cook at a very young age. You have to know how to cook. You, you have to know how to, uh, you know, use finance, you know, finances. I, I was going to say how to balance a checkbook, but does anybody do that anymore? I don't think so. But we do have to learn how to manage finances. We have to know uh, how to get ourselves in and out of situations without getting into financial trouble. And, uh, you know, and there's not a lot of, you know, upside to going to college anymore because a lot of people, they don't see the jobs or the institutions uh, are getting too expensive. And then there's a lot of times no place to go anymore unless you go into something very specific. I remember when I was working at the blood center, we used to go out to the college and collect blood on these blood drives. And I, you know, worked with a lot of people as a phlebotomist. I was a vampire. And um, we got a lot of uh, college kids who were just all going to be like five things. And the one that I got the most was everyone was going to be a kinesiologist. Now, I'm sure kinesiology is a fantastic field. It's kind of like in that physical therapy realm, uh, insurance companies, uh, lots of expensive insurance companies that you can bill. And so therefore, uh, when you become a kinesiologist or physical therapist, 
I'm sure you're helping a lot of people. But at the same time, we're, there's so much competition in this world where oftentimes it's like with lawyering. You become a lawyer and you realize you don't want to be a trial lawyer because it's scary and intimidating and you don't you don't want to win rate uh you don't want to lose cases and you don't want to your reputation to hinge on your record of wins and losses and so what happens is a lot of these uh, uh lawyers uh, uh choose to go into politics or they choose to do something else with their law degree rather than just uh trial law because at the end of the day uh it takes a special somebody to go out there into in that arena and 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 kick ass. Whereas a lot of politicians, they talk a big game, but uh, they're generally weak as shit. You know, <laughs> sorry. Every once in a while, you'll get a politician out there that walks the walk and talks the talk. I mean, you know, there's this lady I forget her name, but she's an African American. She just did a debate with a Republican, and uh, she is a uh, chief of police now, turning running for Senate. And and uh, and so when you see people like that who have already kicked some ass and chewed some gum and now they just want to uh, better our world, it's like, yeah, more power to you, girl. You know, you go. Um, but but do watch out for the usurpers. Watch out for those who are just not good enough for prime time trying to be politicians because you take somebody like Ted Cruz or you take somebody like uh, Marco Rubio. These people are hacks. And they'll kowtow to whoever's in charge at the moment. And so you, they, they, they're wishy-washy. They don't have a strong constitution and they'll change their mind. Uh, they'll act like they're really for something and then they'll be against it later because the political winds shift. So you got to watch out for soft people. And I don't mean the good kind of soft, like being kind or sensitive. I mean, soft and weak and flaccid politicians who bend and kowtow to whatever is popular at the moment. You see it happen on both sides, but especially Republicans nowadays, they're all in line for Donald Trump. And I don't, they, they it's like they don't see the, the tarot cards. They don't see the Trumpisms dying out. Trumpism is not going to make their lives easier. It's going to make it worse because frankly, I think most voters nowadays, even the Republicans are just not really into that brand anymore. They want something more functional. They want something more, I don't know, uh, reasonable than to go extreme MAGA uh, because at the end of the day, who runs that movement now? It's the evangelical right-wing uh, extremists. Those, that, that, those kinds of people cannot get find moderation. They can't find balance, and therefore they're hard to work with, and uh, therefore it's like playing chess with a pigeon. All they're going to do is shit on the chessboard. But I'm not here to talk about the ills of our society uh, and to just ransack you with all the awful aspects to life. Um, I, I set all that up to tell you that as a sensitive, as an empath, as a person looking to better their life, better their outcomes, and better uh, their... Uh, empathic hearts, if you will, as an empath, we're sensitive. And so when there's too much information out there, when there's too much negativity out there, uh, we have this tendency to sort of get overwhelmed. We become overwhelmed. There's just too much stuff out there. And I don't think you have to be even an empath or a sensitive to see that TMI, too much information, it creates noise that noise, that chatter that's always out there in the, in the 
in the pop culture zeitgeist it's just never ending and so trying to keep up with it trying to stay hip and relevant is becoming a, a fool's errand i can't keep up anymore i can't do it i used to be the kind of guy that kept up on all the t- good tv shows i was the kind of guy that kept up with all the latest greatest movies i was the one that kept up with all the celebrity gossip i was the one who kept up current with all of pop culture because that's what i was it was easy in those days um there was a you know there was an amount of people and celebrities and movies that you could uh, easily um stay focused on uh without getting overwhelmed nowadays you've got hundreds of of celebrities you've got dozens of pop culture sites and articles you got millions of influencers out there and at the end of the day uh you know trying to keep up with the flavor of the week anymore is is uh, a fool's errand you know i would much rather just wait and see uh the cream of the crop come up and when once that cream of the crop has some staying power then you can sort of go okay i'm going to see what the validity is here what's the big hullabaloo what's the big why is everybody getting excited about this new actor? Why is everybody getting excited about this new movie? Why is everybody getting excited about this new influencer or this new, um, you know, app or whatever? You know, once things have been around for a little while, that's when I begin to go, okay, let's see. Uh, th- this has got some staying power. What's up with this? Why is Snapchat still around? Why is TikTok still so popular? Why is it that YouTube is uh, losing to TikTok now? when it comes to uh, being the leading social media provider. And now you've got YouTube doing things like creating shorts where they have short videos because they want to keep up with the TikTokers. And I'm just like, really, really? Do we want to do that? I think that it really hurts their feelings. It pisses them off that TikTok is the leader in video technology. (laughs) It's like, oh goodness, here we go. And so, as you get older, like I am, it's not about becoming a fuddy-duddy. It's not about poo-pooing everything. No, it's about um, it's about being a discerning person to to discern what's good for your soul. You know, what's good for you? What's good for your soul? And what's good for my soul might be different for, than what's good for your soul. But at the end of the day. Um, when you're an empath, it's all about keeping your life simple and keeping it manageable. I find myself getting overwhelmed by the number of TV shows I have to watch and keep up with. I'm like, good grief. I've got, I don't know, 10, 12 different uh, 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 apps now that I subscribe to. I got Hulu, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime. I've got uh, AMC+. Plus. I've got uh, Paramount Plus, I've got Movies Anywhere, Voodoo, <laughs> you know, and the list goes on. And um, I just find, you know, and Disney Plus, uh, but I just find myself trying to keep up with all the shows. It's like, good grief, I can't do it. It's just too much. And then trying to keep up with celebrity news, celebrity gossip, the latest, greatest music, the latest, greatest uh, artists. Um, you know, people say things, I'm like, who's that? Like <laughs> I used to be so in touch and now I'm the, the out of touch guy. And, uh, I don't know what happened other than 
too much information. I, I can't collate it anymore. I can't keep up. How can you keep up in a world full, filling to the brim with new people, new celebrities, new music, uh, new movies, everything, everything all the time? Uh, you just can't do it. And so you start becoming more discerning of what you want in your life. And it's not, like I said, it's not about being a goody two-shoe. It's not about being a fuddy-duddy or being square. Um, I still like cool shit. I, I watch the Terrifier movies. I watch um, all kinds of stuff. So just because I'm an empath doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I have to only watch G-rated family-friendly stuff. In fact, sometimes, you know, when my mom's watching that uh, made-for-television Hallmark shit, uh, it's like, oh, good grief. It's like it's made for white girls. <laughs> There's no other way to say it, but white women love that shit. They eat it up, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's fine. I think the reason why a lot of people like those kind of things now is because um, it's clean, because it's moral, because it depicts life without all of the real problems in the real world. And people, you know, they want... They want life to feel clean and good and manageable. Women want to believe that there's still men out there that are, you know, attractive and, and still good guys, that they, they, they protect their women. They look out for them. And so I think we're, women are looking for their Prince Charming because uh, chivalry is gone, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happened. Dave Chappelle once said, chivalry is gone. Why did do, why don't men open doors for women anymore? Why don't men why aren't men gentlemen anymore? And I and and then he says, "Yeah, chivalry might be gone, but women killed it." <laughs> Meaning <clears throat> women also have to live up to the standard of being chivalrous, of 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 being worthy of chivalry, frankly. You know, I was telling you guys about those silly girls who were uh bashing Rebecca and I going off for no reason. They don't even know us in real life. I mean, good grief. Uh, uh, these women don't deserve chivalry. They don't deserve Prince Charming. They deserve a fucking slap in the face, to be quite honest. But at the end of the day, you have to, you know, take the high road. You have to take the high road when you deal with shallow, dramatic people that don't understand right and wrong. But that's what I mean. There's so much out there. There's so much noise that there's a million different people that uh, all are different from one another. And while uh, variety is the spice of life, I have no problem with that. Um, finding our commonality is getting harder than ever, especially socially and especially politically. There's a greater gap and divide between the sexes. There's a greater gap and divide between uh, the political left and right. There's a greater gap and divide between uh, ethnicities. Frankly, at the end of the day, people see a white man and they assume, oh, he must be evil. He looks like an evil white, you know, uh, uh, corrupt businessman who's going to, you know, take away our rights. <laughs> And then regular average white guys are like, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, wait a second. I didn't take away your rights. I'm on your side, buddy. Come on. Black Lives Matter. Let's go. <laughs> and so what does it boil down to? It boils down to we have to be above the influence, you guys. There's too many people out there that have got the wrong idea about stuff, and it can be easy to get 
into a state of mind where we say, fuck everybody, fuck men, fuck women, stay single, don't do this, don't do that, you know, fuck corporations. And yes, I have to agree in the general sense that the world is filling up with bad, bad players. You know, there's no other way to say it. There, The world is filling up with bad jobs, low pay, low-hanging fruit. We want better than the, that. And so how do we achieve better if we don't, you know, challenge ourselves to do better, to think higher thoughts, to find jobs that are better suited to our creative hearts? But at the same time, you know, I, I, I'll give you a for example. Um, I follow a, a, a young man. Uh, you probably have all heard of him, Chris Stuckman. He does those movie reviews on YouTube. And I like the guy. He's a good guy, you know. He uh, escaped the persecution of growing up, Jehovah's Witness. Uh, he may or may not have even been uh, chastised or banished from his parents. His parents. Uh, don't approve of the fact that he um, of his lifestyle because he's bisexual and he came out finally and did a video to say I at the risk of uh, losing my parents at the risk of losing my church at the risk of being banished by my church I say all this because you need to know what I've been doing dealing with growing up and I thought that was very very brave of him and um, and that's why when I had the falling out with my friend, she and I were good friends. We'd been friends for years. And then uh, Rebecca and I, we started getting really into politics because we were worried about the extremism on the right. We were worried about MAGA. We were worried about Trumpism and how it was sort of uh, uh, making it okay again to be racist, making it okay again to be misogynist, making it okay again for white men to uh, act a fool uh, with all these uh, homophobic and uh, racial, uh, uh, you know, problems. It's a problem. And because she is raised uh, a certain way, it's nothing against religious people and it's nothing against the their religion, but they have a certain way of doing things where they, um, in essence, have to... Uh, rein in their flock, if you will, uh, and anytime somebody turns on a, a person, uh, for example, if you talk ill of the church, they are by law, by their own rules, they have to uh, cast that person aside. In other words, I got into it with this friend of mine uh, simply because she was not taking sides in politics, and I don't mind that, but uh, I was telling her that we haven't changed as a person. We're, we're still the same loving, caring people as before, but we're getting more politically engaged because we have to fight off tyranny. We have to fight off extremism, and we have to know when we smell something foul in the air how to uh, be realistic and how to fight off certain tyrannies in our culture and society. She thought that was making us hateful or spiteful or something, but no, far from it. It just meant that you have to take a side or else you're, you know, you're, you're going to get squished. I mean, Mr. Miyagi said that left of left of road. Okay. Right of road. Okay. In the center, you get squished like a grape. You have to take a side sometimes 
uh, as much as we want to get along with people, as much as we want to, uh, uh, for the sake of goodness and kindness, we we want to take the um, the neutral position, if you will. Um, that's okay sometimes, but in life, if you care about something and you see somebody stripping away rights for women, you see people uh, being stripped and robbed of their dignity, dignity like black people who are now getting shot and killed just for going for a jog in their neighborhood, you got to stand up for what's right. So center of the road doesn't cut it when it comes to politics. And so we were engaged in a conversation on Facebook Messenger, and I finally said, you know, I think this religion of yours has got you brainwashed into thinking that uh, we're not allowed to stand up for our rights. You know, because in some ways, a lot of times religion can be regressive in that it doesn't change with the times. It doesn't move forward far enough to grant people the freedom to be themselves. And so you take a situation like Chris Duckman, Chris Duckman uh, came out and uh, he risked being banished from his church. And when you lose that privilege, you lose your friends, you lose all of the clout, you lose all of the monetary uh, help that, that that you would receive in this community. In, in essence, you lose your entire life. And they threaten that in order to maintain compliance. And so as I lost this friend of mine, just because I had the audacity to tell her, perhaps you've let your religion take hold of your brain and make you brainwashed a little bit, she summarily dismissed me. That was it. No more friendship. Gone. 12 years of friendship. Gone. Kaput. Because she doesn't realize how she's slowly been brainwashed into a patriarchal hierarchy that is regressive. But anyways, getting back to Chris Stuckman, he's a young man who has braved great adversity uh, to challenge his uh, upbringing for the greater good. And I think that's a good thing. But the reason why I brought up Chris Stuckman was simply because he is still a very young man. And uh, I'm glad he's made it as a YouTuber. It's not about that. The point I was going to try to make is that as the young man, he was also, he grew up as a amateur filmmaker and that's good. But now because he's Mr. Popular on YouTube, uh, everybody gives him all this credit as if he is more uh, intelligent or he is more capable than anyone else. He's now crowdfunding funding for a movie that he's going to make, and I'm for this in a general sense. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's a point that I'm trying to make here. But he's crowdfunding for, to direct this movie, a horror movie, and I'm like, hey, terrific. Uh, but my point simply is this. It is much easier to criticize a movie than it is to direct a movie. And so is his movie going to turn out pitch perfect and tonally and story-wise? Is, is it going to be the perfect movie because it's being made by a film critic? Probably not. <laughs> My point is, is that everybody gives celebrities uh, all this credit for their genius and expertise and whether it's warranted or not. And so at the end of the day, even though he's a really uh, good guy and a self-made film critic, it doesn't mean that he's a killer director. 
And while I give him all the credit in the world for taking on the church, taking on uh, the oppression in his uh, spiritual life, uh, and risking losing his family and community so that he could come out as bi and come out as a, a lover of movies. And uh, he, he got tired of the tyranny of his church telling him what he could watch, when he could watch it, and who he can hang out with. So I give him full credit for all that. He's a good man in that sense. But does that mean that he's as good of a director as Wes Craven? I think not. And so my only point is, is that just because somebody is famous out there doesn't mean that they're necessarily oozing with talent in every arena. I mean, take Rob Zombie, for example. That guy, (laughs) he's a good musician and uh, he's an okay director, but uh, we keep tolerating his uh, movies because he's famous. But uh, is he putting out better work? No, I don't think so. So while we have this tendency to put celebrities on a pedestal, I'm glad that regular people, I mean, if you look at Chris Stuckman seven, eight years ago, he was basically talking about movies on his little twin bed at his parents' house just seven years ago. And now he's this like self-made man. And I think that's what gives a lot of people the impetus, the, 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 bravery to go out and be somebody, to go out and try for themselves to make it. I think that's a good thing. My only point is, is that everybody kisses his ass now as if he's Mr. Big Shit Director and uh, his movie is yet to drop, but I'm betting donuts to dollars that uh, just because he can criticize a movie well doesn't mean that he can make a movie well. Uh, We'll have to see. And so my point simply is, is we have this tendency to worship celebrity. Celebrity and wealth begats more celebrity and wealth. And oftentimes it is measured as a metrics of value rather than character or skill itself. I mean, Donald Trump, the only reason why Donald Trump is still rich is because he was given so much money that even despite his greatest efforts of losing his money All the time, he's constantly hemorrhaging money. He still has wealth because he has so many, so much money and so many things that he's building capital on that he still somehow has eked out a living, even though he's been unsuccessful in most business endeavors. So it's just easy to kind of put people on a pedestal for being there as a celebrity, uh, uh, often forgetting where they came from. And so uh, just be careful granting too much credit when you don't, just because somebody's celebrity, a celebrity doesn't mean that they're also a kick-ass actress or they're also a kick-ass this or that. If you're an actor, doesn't mean you're a great singer necessarily. If you're a movie critic, doesn't necessarily mean you're the world's best movie maker. So um, just, you know, my point is, is, you know, we should all take a, a, a pill uh, to uh, calm ourselves and ground ourselves in reality. We have a tendency to worship celebrity culture, and I think that can be sometimes unhealthy. So at the end of the day, I'm not here to poo-poo on religion. I'm not here to poo-poo on anybody, um, to each their own. But we have to learn to identify regressive systems in our culture because that's how they— uh, the people who don't care about right and wrong 
how they Trojan horse policies and attitudes in our society that are not that are not forward thinking that are not going to uh, create the best outcomes in our culture and society. Uh, regressive systems, regressive attitudes. We have to constantly be on alert for it, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why we as a podcast, yes, we love talking about the paranormal. We love talking about cryptids. But at the end of the day, what's more important than that is to maintain robust living and, and good mental health in our society and culture. So when Rebecca and I started to understand the voice that we had, the education that we have, and the uh, the fact that we're now living in a society that is slowly trying to rob us of our rights, rob us of our financial futures, rob us of our uh, right to choose, we have to fight against tyranny and regression, you guys. And that's why we fight against the Republican Party, not because they're conservative, but because they're on the wrong side of history. That does not mean that they are our enemy. That does not mean that there aren't common sense conservatives out there. What it means is, is that the most dangerous aspects of conservatism and the Republican Party in its configuration today have to be met with challenge. When we know nothing, when we do nothing, we are given the world that they create for us. That means if we refuse to vote, we end up with whatever leaders we are stuck with. When we do not participate in our society, when we do not stand up for what is right, we will be given what is wrong. And so, yes, for the sake of mental health, and good living, you can't live your entire life in the political arena. It is too toxic. Eventually, you have to get out of the toxic pool and shower off and get all that crud off you and make sure that you're energetically doing something besides living in constant fear of politics. I've heard people say that, you know, empaths say, well, we can't watch the news. It's too hurtful it's it, it it's it's just too traumatic we just we avoid news no we don't avoid news we avoid our addiction to bad information there's a difference when you spend your whole life being fed lies on fox news you will become radicalized by their movement whether you know it or not when you pull out of politics you are doing exactly what they want which is You are not voting, you are not staying engaged, and therefore you don't understand policy. You don't understand the attitudes out there that are becoming wayward, and therefore you have no voice to speak. You have no voice to say what's right or wrong. And a lot of times, bad faith politicians, they depend on our inaction. They depend on our absolute apathy in this world. And so if you're trying to balance your life as a sensitive or an empath, or you're just somebody that, that has mental health woes, yeah, you don't want to spend your entire life watching politics. It's sickening, but you do want to remain vigilant. And uh, that's up to you. What, you know, politics, like anything should be fun. When it stops being fun, you pull back. 
but you should get invested in the in the in the in the issues that matter. If you care about women's rights and women's reproductive health, you should get in the fight. Letting men or letting other people speak on your behalf will not do, especially when you don't know where a lot of people are coming from anymore. You know, it's easy to look at people and go, well, he's clean cut. He looks like he's on my side. He looks like he's got things under control. But maybe that person grew up wealthy. Maybe they grew up with a racist father. Maybe they have a bunch of uh, uh, agendas that you don't know about. And so they they look clean and pristine on the outside, but on the inside, they're regressive. They want to take the country backwards 75 years instead of moving it forward. That will not do, you guys. So I understand people with mental health problems and people who are sensitive, empaths. They want to kind of just... Uh, uh, Stay quiet, stay sheltered forevermore. But I assure you, uh, that's not the way to go either. What you have to do is find balance, balance, balance. An uneducated populace will end up with a society and with jobs that they do not want and do not like. And that is what's happening today. We all stopped paying attention to the corporate takeover of all of our institutions. And now guess what? All the corporations own everything. They all own all the important land. They own all of the important uh, businesses. And at the end of the day, we get paid based on what they can and can't get away with. And we, when we let them get away with this shit, guess what? We're stuck with low-wage jobs, despite the fact that we haven't had a cost-of-living adjustment in 40 years. And so what I would say to you is it's different for everybody. But if you have a sensitive, empathic heart or you have mental health woes, yeah, pull back a little. You don't need all the extra nonsense in your life. But maybe you could trade one of your TikTok uh, influencers for learning a little bit more about what's important in our politics today. Learn about who's doing the right stuff. Learn about policy. Policy is what matters. Don't worry about the players. Worry about the game, the institution itself. And when you have formed the right policies, you will be on the right side of history. We want to be represented by middle-class regular, Amer- uh, regular Americans. We don't want wealthy people getting into our politics, mucking shit up, giving tax breaks to the rich. We want working-class people. We want teachers and regular people to be our representatives, not these highfalutin bad faith players. They're only going to screw up our country. And if politics just bores you to death, well, then just vote blue, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, until further notice, just vote blue. <laughs> That's all there is to say. I don't say that to be divisive. I don't say that because I love, love, love the Democratic Party. Um, I'm actually more left than the Democratic Party because uh, they kowtow to capitalism and corporatism. We've got to start moving this country further to the left so that it stops being so punitive, so that it starts being more kind, and so that it starts creating opportunities for real people in this society. So you don't have to pay, pay attention to the daily he said, she said drama of politics to be engaged, but you do have to have a greater understanding of what's going on. So maybe just once a week, twice a week, whatever suits your boat, whatever floats your boat, whatever suits you, uh, just get involved and stay involved at least a little bit. 
But I look out there into our uh, social media zeitgeist, and I'm dismayed. I'm dismayed at all of the young people who would rather sit around showing off their panties and showing off their undergarments than, than doing something good and real with their lives. And it's not because I'm a prude. It has nothing to do with thinking that these women are somehow bad or wrong. It's just that where are our priorities? Now, if they're doing all that to get college money so they can get a bachelor's degree, then, hey, I say more power to them. <laughs> you want to go on OnlyFans and, and uh, sell your goodies for uh, college tuition? I say go right ahead. I mean, I am not about shaming sex workers, but, but I do want to create a culture that understands how to clean it up with having and and keep and still being you know having that dirty feel you know we want things to f- feel good and clean but we don't want it to be bubblegum we don't want it to feel lame we want things to feel good and 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 we want to live in a functional society but we also want to live in a free society and so sometimes we have to accept some of the things that we don't always love for the greater understanding of freedom but I do believe if you're an empath, if you have sensitive sensibilities, uh, there's just too much noise out there. Energetically, there's too much to keep in our old noggins, you know. There's just too much stuff. And so you kind of need to whittle it down. Whittle your life down to its simplest form. Uh, get involved in your physical fitness. I promise you that is the best thing you can do for yourself in order to Take hold of your mental health. Lately, I've, you know, I bought a new uh, barbell and I go into the bedroom and I got this barbell and I do uh, my curls, then I do tricep curls, and then I do overhead presses, and then I uh, put the barbell down on the floor, and then I do my uh, upright rows, and then I do my um, uh, back rows, and then I do uh, squats and calf raises, and then deadlifts. And it's like eight exercises. I do it four times. And then once I do that, I either go for a run or I uh, do my abs or I do some free weights for a half hour. And that's how I stay fit, just by doing it three times per week. You don't have to be a fitness guru and go full hog into it to reap the benefits. But if you can keep your body active three, four times a week for an hour, you're good to go, man. You are good to go. And uh, not only does that release all the stress, the cortisol levels go down, but it also uh, floods your brain with all those happy chemicals, the serotonin and dopamine that you so richly crave. That's going to give you happiness and balance and a sense of comfort and calm. Beyond that, uh, that's the physical. The, 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 the mental is uh, uh, keep your brain engaged. I like to read a lot of articles, uh, tech articles. I love the latest, greatest technologies. I love uh, reading p- popular mechanics. I love reading about uh, NASA and the space program and all the things they're trying to do. And I like reading about science. I like reading about the cosmos. I like reading anything that uh, sort of helps me feel like the world, uh, that the human species is still worth a damn, that we're still going to fun, good places. But it doesn't take hours upon hours of it, you know, just uh, to pepper your life with a little bit of positivity or a little bit of hope for for the human race. 
but uh, get your intellectual broccoli in, ladies and gentlemen. You can't live on just TikTok videos. You can't do it. That's that's living purely on cotton candy, and you will eventually find yourself feeling unhappy because you don't have balance. Uh, don't feel the need. Don't feel the need to um, keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to have the latest, greatest of everything. You know, my phone, it's a it's it's the Pixel 5a. I'm I'm a couple pixels behind, but you know what? I bought it and it's I have to make it last 2 years and and in the meantime they're going with the Pixel 6 and the 6a and the 7 and the 7 Pro and all this. And I'm like, I don't have to keep up with that. I would love to get the Pixel 7, but uh, I, a I can't afford it and B, what's wrong with this one? This takes wonderful pictures. So, uh you know, don't feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses with your fashion. Don't feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses with your television or movie watching. At the end of the day, you do you. If you like horror movies, old campy shit from the 80s like me, do that. Don't worry about what everybody else is watching. I, you know, unless, unless, you know, unless it helps you, you know, connect with friends or something, but don't feel like you have to. For a lot of people, physical fitness has become their hobby or skill. Um, but I suggest finding a hobby or skill outside of fitness so you may define yourself by being a gym rat and there's nothing wrong with that if it's keeping you healthy and fit that's a great thing uh but uh do find yourself a hobby or skill outside of that uh you know it could even be just movie watching for me i'm a jack of all trades i love all things nerdy i love uh, technology i love uh stereo equipment and and speakers I love computers and uh, all that, but uh, but I'm just a jack of those trades, uh, not really a master. I just dabble for fun. But the one thing I keep up with is my culinary arts skill. You know, I cooked some uh, pepper steak the, uh, yesterday, and it turned out delicious. We just took uh, leftover barbecued tri-tip and chicken and turned it into a big batch of uh, pepper steak and a big batch of pepper chicken, and it was delicious. I had that yummy barbecue flavor, but uh, that's how I stay balanced and grounded is uh, I keep up with my culinary arts. That is the skill really that defines me more than anything else. But maintaining balance in life is hard, you guys. It's hard to know because when you're naturally shy or you're naturally quiet or you're naturally introverted or you're just um, maybe giving up in this life because you don't know where to go, it can be really hard to know who you are, to know what you like. And so sometimes, a lot of times, what we do as depressives, as sensitives, is we uh, sort of sit on the sidelines while everybody's enjoying their life. And we wonder, you know, who are we? What are we doing? But I assure you, don't worry about that. Just find yourself something you love and enjoy. Rebecca loves reading. She reads tons of books. God, she reads so many books. It's It's crazy. And I like reading occasionally too, but I'm more into article reading. I read a ton of articles, um, but I also like to read occasionally too. Um, but she loves reading. She loves cross-stitch. And, and now she's got a little community of people that she cross-stitches with. Now that she's you know found out uh, the true colors of her makeup group, she's realizing the lack of utility of that makeup group and makeup in general. Not that she still doesn't love it. She loves it, but now she's doing something uh, constructive. She's, um, you know, she'll do cross stitch patterns and do really beautiful cross stitch. And at the end of the day, when she's done, she's got this beautiful picture 
to look at. And sometimes she does it uh, for as a gift. Sometimes she'll just do it uh, for herself. Um, but it gives her a sense of calm and relaxation, and she loves it. And so I would recommend if you don't have a hobby, uh, find a hobby that um, helps you stay calm, especially if you have depression and anxiety. I would say cooking and uh, weight training and running are my uh, physical uh, uh, activities. But as far as a hobby goes, um, yeah, all things nerdy, really. I love movies. I love the 80s. I love all pop culture stuff. And that's why I want to start doing some uh, movie reviews for you guys, because I go, why not? Why not? You know, um, it, it's a win-win. I get to uh, get out there and meet you guys, and you guys can uh, finally get to see what my uh, face looks like. <laughs> Be kind. <laughs> but the point of this episode is that the world is huge, it's big, and it's a never-ending zeitgeist juggernaut of stuff. And uh, it can it can get very easy to get uh, too much stuff paralysis. You just get paralyzed because you're trying to keep up with this. You're trying to keep up with that. And um, at the end of the day, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You just have to be happy and centered for you. This winter, uh, I've decided that I'm going to stay active by uh, staying with my fitness, being consistent. It doesn't mean you have to work out for hours on end, but, you know, 20, 30-minute workout, if that's all you got, go for it. Uh, maybe go for a little jog afterward. It's not a, you know, I learned that when I got most fit, it wasn't when I did the three-hour workouts uh, because what would happen is I would do a three-hour workout and then I would be sore for like three, four days afterward and then I could barely work out for the rest of the week. And so if you can... Uh, Keep your workout small and manageable. Uh, do a full body workout two to three times per week. Uh, and don't feel like you have to overdo it. There's always more to improve later. Uh, sa save yourself for later because you're going to regret it if you don't. But beyond that, um, you know, cooking and uh, just tinkering, really. So uh, what I'm going to be doing this winter to uh, stave off the winter blahs is I'm going to get started on writing my books. So writing for you might be something that you love to do. It really does help you figure out who you are, who you want to be, and what you're doing with your life and what matters to you. You start figuring out your priorities, and from there, a lot of things start falling into place. And that's why sometimes I write on Facebook, just for catharsis, just to figure out my thoughts. I am a much more succinct writer than talker. I wish I could... Uh, talk as succinctly as I write. <laughs> and sometimes I try to write, but um, I, I generally like this show to feel uh, more from the hip. And that's why I don't write out my scripts. But the point I'm making is uh, that I don't judge. I'm not here to judge and criticize. I know that uh, Rebecca and I tend to talk about our opinions about various things in our culture going wrong, and we're not doing that to de to depress anyone. We're not doing that to be haters or judgmental or anything like that. It is simply to get it off our chest, to identify systems that are regressive, that aren't uh, uh, giving or filling your life with love or joy or happiness. At the end of the day, you got to fill up that creative cup. You have to fill up that that childlike self inside of you that's just looking for love and acceptance. 
Uh, we're all vulnerable, and it, it can get real easy to get into these hateful points of view to protect yourself. And, and um, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, fuck motherfuckers, I got to take care of me, just so long as you don't mean that, literally. Um, yes, we, we tend to, the world is getting too big. There's a lot of bad people out there, crazy people, a lot of bad influences out there. Um, but there's a lot of good people out there too. And the way we uh, are able to sort of keep all that in balance is by uh, being, you know, getting it off our chest. Uh, uh, talk is a great way of therapy. And so for you writing or something of that nature or some creative uh, talent, could be YouTube, could be uh, cross-stitch, could be art, could be digital art, but whatever it is for you, that's creative, uh, will allow you to center in a way and you'll know yourself and, um, you'll find calm, you'll find peace and, uh, everything else will sort of fall into place. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Is the human species doomed? I don't know. You guys, you know, uh, I'm reminded of, uh, it was, uh, age of Ultron Avengers where the vision says, Something isn't great just because it lasts. You know, the human species, we may live another 20,000 years, and then again, we might just die out in the next 100. We just don't know, and that's why it's worrisome when we deny climate change, when we have politicians trying to ignore the problems in our society. And, and as, as a progressive, as a liberal, it, it, it can be infuriating and frustrating to see that we're only 10 years away from irreparable damage of our planet if we don't take action now. And so uh, it can make you really feel jaded about the human race and go, fuck, God, we're fucking doomed. Half the country knows it and believes it, and the other country, other half of the country wants to deny it. At the end of the day, it can be very frustrating talking with and engaging with our political opposite because, yeah, they want to live with their uh, head in the sand, but at the end of the day, that's why we fight. Um, but uh, we also want to also maintain our balance so that we don't get out of balance and start getting frustrated or angry all the time, too, you know. But at the end of the day, that's what I'll end with, is that at the end of the day, um, human beings need something visceral uh, uh, to, for our lives to have meaning and to take shape. Uh I'll give you the definition of what visceral means. So it says relating to deep inward feelings rather than to intellect. So it's an appeal to our inner deepness rather than necessarily an intellectual argument. It, it appeals to our inner gut, if you will. And visceral comes from the word viscera, which means gut. So it's knowing your gut, knowing what's wrong with something because it just feels wrong. We gut check it and we go, no, that's not right. That's wrong. And therefore we stand up against those things. And so satisfying your visceral needs is uh, many things. It can be emotional, physical, physiological, spiritual, etc. Um, I've gotten into the habit at night when I go to bed, I do all these crazy stretches in bed and Rebecca's gotten used to it. I'm moving around like a like a jumping bean, <laughs> but uh, I've learned to do all these crazy stretches and it helps me meditate and it helps me move my body because as an aging guy, um, I get what's called lock shoulder, where if you don't move your shoulders, they, they lock into place and uh, 
it can be very uncomfortable. It's even demanded surgery for some guys where they can't move their shoulders and they lock up. And so um, as my body ages, I'm getting all these problems with my neck and my shoulders. And uh, and so I've learned that all these deep stretches, they they do a number of things, but the thing that they do really is they, um, I, it's hard to explain, but when I'm doing these deep stretches, I get mental images of things. Um, you, you, you start, um, centering your mind, body, and soul. And so it's kind of, for me, a, a meditation in motion where you're doing this long stretch where you're thinking of mindfulness and of peace and you let your body just sort of go. You let your mind soar. And, uh, you know, that's why I smoke pot at night, because it, it allows my mind to soar. And uh, uh, a lot of times the things that are really bothering you, uh, you'll get a gut check. You'll It'll gut check you. You're like, hey, you know, I'm starting to feel bad about this thing. I guess I'll have to address it. And so that's why uh, the gut check is so important, especially uh, for intuitives, is that your gut knows best, man. Your visceral needs will tell you what you are lacking in your life, and uh, you can then uh, listen to it and adjust accordingly. But when I do these long stretches at night, uh, it helps me uh, remember things. I get these mental images of when I was a kid. I get uh, reminded of of things that I've been through in my life. And uh, 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 your inner narrator is important to you, you guys. Um, You know, I learned something weird not everybody has an inner dialogue. And I was like, really? Rebecca doesn't have an inner dialogue, whereas I do. And uh, I think that's why we're just different. We're, we think differently. And there is no right or wrong in that. It's just that um, for me, when I develop an inner monologue with myself, I, in, I, I, I create an, a, a relationship with myself. My mind, I'm talking to my mind. I'm talking to myself, and therefore I'm developing a relationship with myself. And I find that important for many reasons. First of all, you learn to like yourself. And uh, secondly, uh, it helps you to uh, figure out whether or not you're on course or not. Uh, Like I said, if you don't have time to reflect on things, uh, oftentimes you can't adjust your life according to what your innermost emotional and spiritual needs are. But I also... um, my inner monologue is also my inner narrator. And as my inner narrator, it doesn't always speak to me like in words, but it does speak to me in segments, fragments of words, uh, sentences, sometimes uh, just a meme or a uh, maybe I'll just get a word like empowerment. Yes, the word of the day is empowerment. And then I feel this desire to be more empowered or free. Um, but a lot of times, if you if you let your mind go and relax, uh, things will pop in there that will tell you what you need to work on. But at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, the, are we doomed politically? Are we doomed to live uh, for, you know, smog every year and forest fires every year and nothing ever getting better? I hope not. I hope not. But like I said, at the end of the day, we are a young species, and um, we're a foolish species. And uh, a lot of times, we listen to what's cool more so than we listen to what's right. I think the reason why Republicans uh, oftentimes are leading in the po- 
polls, if you will, is because they clamor for what's cool and hip and not necessarily what's right. Democrats force people to get real about what we have to do as a species, whereas the Republicans say, ah, we don't need all that crap. Don't listen to them. Climate change is a hoax. Come on, get real. Let's go drive our vehicles and shoot guns and kill critters. Let's go. (laughs) It's like, okay. But that's the great debate, you guys. Doing the right thing versus kicking the can down the road for the next generations to come. Uh, I want to breathe clean air. I want your kids to breathe clean air. I want us as a culture to learn how to uh, uh, live and, and, and coexist with our differences. And at the end of the day, like I said, if you're only playing chess with a team that only knows how to shit on the chessboard, that is unsustainable. And so all I want for conservatives is to start acknowledging objective reality and start being for something good again for regular working people. But I assure you guys, they are not for regular working people. They are for propping up the wealthy institutions in our culture because that's who pays them. And at the end of the day, we're just going to always disagree with certain kinds of people. Some people are just out there, man. You know, they're just, you know, all id, all super ego and no sense of reflection. And you can't change people who are uh, uh, on a roller coaster date with destruction. You know, you take somebody like a Bam Margera or something or, or somebody or Steve-O you know they're they're on they're on a collision course with destiny drug use parties women uh no discipline going off and doing whatever and uh eventually they hit a wall where they realize their drug use is out of control and they have to change or their the way they treat women has to change or something in their life has to change and so all I'm I'm not picking on them all I'm trying to say is that at the end of the day comes a time in your life where you have to get real with yourself and make the necessary changes. And at the end of the day, what it boils down to is that uh, we're not, we don't challenge our rivals. We don't challenge uh, our opponents because they're evil necessarily, uh, but that we have to get this country going in the right direction for regular working people. We can't all live off of bad jobs and bad pay and corporate living forever. We have to create institutions for the people, by the people. And that's what this is all about. That's what we're all about is forward progress, not to be divisive, but for best practices in our society. So when I see the TikTokers and all the crazy people out there trying to be someone, trying to be special or important, I just shake my head. I just roll my eyes. Sometimes you just got to kill it with kindness. You know, at the end of the day, there's going to always be people out there you disagree with, wayward people, wayward movements, wayward attitudes that you just can't follow. And at the end of the day, uh, I worry about people who aren't as old and wise as me uh, just falling in those traps, falling in those traps that aren't good for them. So all I want to see for my audience is a sense of love for yourself a sense of dignity and who you are and what you're doing and to be smart and wise enough to know right from wrong. That's all it's about. It's not about being a goody two-shoe. Fuck no. At the end of the day, Rebecca and I love you guys. We love our audience and we want to give you guys the best advice possible. And so if you guys 
need advice or if you want us to do a show on a certain topic, we need your input. Come on over to my Patreon or come on over to my Linktree. It's Linktree forward slash Chef Comedy or Patreon forward slash Chef Comedy. All of our social media is either Chef Comedy or Surviving Empathy Podcast, but come out and reach out to us. Tell us what's important to you in terms of mental health, topics about mental health, uh, topics about uh, life and activism. Tell us what's important to you. Um, because at the end of the day, yes, we're progressive, but we don't have a liberal agenda necessarily. We just want to create a world that's uh, functional and sustainable. That's what it's about. We don't want to vilify and demonize the right. We just want people to do the right thing. But we have to resist you guys becoming the cancel culture that overly woke to the point where we just start judging and criticizing and becoming uh, so uptight in our thinking that we just are always looking to punish everyone. That's creating a more punitive society, and that goes against the very tenets of freedom. So that's why we fight against that, because we fight against any institution or attitude that creates uptight thinking that cr- makes people uh, punitive. And um, punitiveness uh, can only lead to resentment, and resentment can only lead to hate. And just like Yoda said, hate leads to fear and fear leads to hate and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's about doing the right thing and, and doing good for goodness sake, just for the sake of doing what's right. I want to see a society heal. I want to see uh, all my shy people and my empaths and my introverts out there do well for yourself in this world. Uh, the world is hard and figuring out who you are and what you want is hard. And that's why uh, keep your life small and quiet, learn to ground, learn to center, and uh, avoid all the unnecessary noise out there, you guys. But at the same time, don't tune out entirely. Simply uh, learn to adjust accordingly, okay? Thank you guys so very much. We will be back one more time. We got much more spooky stuff in store for you guys. We love you. Have a good one. Take care. Take care.